Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn how you can support the show and get exclusive access to podcast episodes not released to the public by visiting patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner. So, what what do you guys do? Are you guys a club, like a podcasting club? Or like, what's the deal? It's a club. It's like it is. Yeah. What does VMP stand for? VMP Arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Visual Arts. So, like, we do ten, two, ten week sessions. Drawing what a giraffe feels like. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 566. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. My third graders join me for one last interview this time speaking directly to someone in the room with us. Elizabeth Lilly made her author-illustrator debut with Geraldine, a picture book about a giraffe whose family moves to a new town where they are the only giraffe family. Geraldine tries to fit in as much as she can, but an encounter with a schoolmate and a conversation centered on labels gives new light to what it looks like to see and to make space for another. Elizabeth Lilly is local to our school, and so my third graders had the chance to interview her in person. We also went totally off script, asking Elizabeth questions on the fly. The end result was what I think is a sincere and genuine conversation between a bookmaker and her readers. Please welcome my guest, Elizabeth Lilly, author and illustrator of Geraldine. Elizabeth Lilly. Um, I'm 28 years old, in case you're wondering. Um, my pronouns are she and her. Um, I'm from Maryland. I grew up about 45 minutes away from here in Maryland, and um, I thought I was going to be an architect and build buildings professionally. I thought that was going to be my job, but I grew up loving to read, and I was just reading all the time. I was obsessed with Harry Potter because that's what was in back in my day. Is that still a thing? Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> Harry Potter's like so special to me. So I grew up reading all the time um, and later doing a lot of art. So I thought that I wanted to build buildings and then I realized that just wasn't making me happy. It wasn't what I loved and then I ended up going to school for 
art and um, drawing and painting, and then I found my way into writing books and um, illustrating books. So, yeah. Yay! Yeah. Well, we, the third grade team and I, are so glad you're here. Mm -hmm. We also have a number of Harry Potter fans. Do you all have a house? Do you know what your house is? Ooh. Do you know what your house is? Oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. Oh, I'm a Hufflepuff as well. Yeah, what house are you? I am Ravenclaw. Oh, you're my hero. I love Ravenclaw. I am, um, I think like, like fifty-four percent Ravenclaw and like uh -huh. forty-six or something percent Gryffindor oh. or something like that. You're a Gryffindor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love uh, that. I'm still, I'm still <gasps> Amazing. Ooh. Yes. Wow. Love, Good. Love a good you didn't take the test. Mm, yeah. Did you do? Do you have an idea of what you might be? If, if it, no idea. Hufflepuff. Is Another Hufflepuff. Well, well, you've got a couple caring people here, and some heroes, and some people that are willing to go straight into battle for us, which is good. Thank you for being brave, my lady. So we have you here to talk uh -huh. about Geraldine, uh -huh. your debut picture book, That's which also is on our state book award list, our Black Eyed Susan list. Yep. So there are. Many, many, many children across the state that are reading Geraldine. Mm -hmm. What do you all think of this book? <laughs> nice and loud. The art. The neck stuff. What about the art, the neck and stuff? It scares you. It scares you. <laughs> <laughs> we should, Elizabeth, we should put this into context. Uh, your picture book is about a giraffe named Geraldine mm -hmm. who moves from the Giraffe City, Land of Giraffes, Giraffe City. Giraffe City, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, and comes to live in a new place. And it's a lot about feeling like you don't fit in, like things are completely different. Those uncomfortable feelings of trying to acclimate. Uh, would you say that's a fair description? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Did any of you, so. any of you feel a little giraffe-y when reading this book? Like, have you been the new kid? Have you been in a situation that you had to figure out what was going on? Tell me. Um, I think um, in preschool I went to like two, three different schools for preschool. Wow. I think I went to two different ones, yeah. Well, that would definitely leave you feeling like you were unsure of where you fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you fit here now? Yeah. Cool. I went to McDonough for Free first? Yeah, free first. So you've been here for a couple years. Four. Um, when I first came to McDonald's. You felt like, I don't know how I fit. I feel like I'm not like any of these other people. They all wear matching clothes. What am I going to do? <laughs> Have you had the feeling that Geraldine experiences in this book, Elizabeth? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, when I was in... Most of my elementary, middle, and high school, I started at a new school maybe every three or four years, and I was really, really shy, like really shy. I didn't feel that comfortable talking to anybody if I was in a new place. I, I, like when Geraldine says that her voice has gotten quiet and whispery, that was me. Like, I felt like it was hard to even raise my voice loud enough for people to hear sometimes when I was feeling super shy. Um, so it was hard to make new friends every time that I switched schools. Yeah, so I felt like that. Do any of you have any questions about this book before I ask um, another? What was the inspiration for Geraldine? Oh, okay, that's a good question. Um, I think I kind of just uh, 
like your other question brought that up. Um, I I moved a lot, and I felt like I was a little different from other kids. Um, also, my parents are from different cultures. My mom is um, she's from Colombia, South America, and my dad grew up in the United States. So um, sometimes I felt like my uh, friends at school didn't know what it was like at home at my house. They were they would come over and I didn't think that they understood like the language I would speak with my mom or the food that we would eat so I felt just different from a lot of kids at school. You grew up in a bilingual house mm -hmm. um, and the the feeling of being different was that something that uh, at what age did you feel like that was something that really made you feel different because I hear some reservation mm -hmm. in your voice about being different, which I think can be something when we feel like we're different, sometimes that can feel like all of the eyes are on us, mm -hmm. and that can get a lot of sort of challenging feelings inside. Mm -hmm. When did you start to feel that way? Because you clearly chose to write a picture book that would engage young readers in that feeling. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you were likewise young when that happened for you. Yeah, I think like, because um, my mom used to speak Spanish to us at home, but my sisters and I would speak back in English, but she wanted us to speak Spanish, so she sent me and my sisters to like a Spanish class that was before school. They didn't offer a Spanish class during school time um, at my school, so we had to get up really early and go to this Spanish class at school like twice a week. And I was so upset because most of my friends didn't have to do that. And I was like, I just want to sleep, like, please, like, this is not important. And she's like, this is very important. You have to go to school. You have to learn, like, the culture of your family and, like, kind of laying on the guilt a little bit about that this was very important for me to do. But I was like, nobody else is doing this. Like, I just felt like it's not fair. Do any of you take additional schooling? I had some students that go to Hebrew school or that, that take additional schooling beyond our normal school day. You do? Uh, I go to Chinese school. You do? How often do you go? Uh, once a week. Okay, so that is something that is familiar to you on another day of, another mm -hmm. day where we're off school? Um, Hebrew school. Hebrew school you do? How often do you go to Hebrew school? Um, once a week. Like yeah. How is that experience for you, going to um, additional schooling to learn in a uh, an environment where it's more focused on a specific thing. Um, well, I think that um, I think it's good. Yeah. But, um, like, yeah. Great. You enjoy taking Chinese classes? Mm. Mm. I don't know <laughs> if I would say that's a yes, but maybe over time you'll see a value in why your adults put you in that class. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> that was a great reaction, though. Yeah. I'm glad we could be in the room to see that. <laughs> Does anyone else have a, another question they want to ask? I'm ready to go ahead. I was saying I have one about the art that I want to save next to then. Why was the um, the legs so short and the neck so long? <laughs> Can you tell us about that designing, Geraldine? That's a great question. Um, so here, let me like look at because to be honest, like. It's been a long time since I drew this book, so we're recording in 2020 now, uh -huh. and I did these drawings in like 2000, between 2013 and 2016. So, Whoa, wait, when were you born? 
2011. 10. Okay. 2011. Yeah. So, like a couple grades ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so all of you guys were like between three and six years old when I drew this book. So it's been a while. Yeah. And um, so I have to kind of reacquaint myself with the with the um, the art. So something I, I got into when I was designing Geraldine is that it's easy to draw like geometric shapes. So like her body is like a rectangle, right? So when I'm drawing her, I always move my hand the same way. So I guess I usually draw her head first and it's like a triangle most of the time. <laughs> so her head is like a little triangle. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, the triangle and her body is like a little square or rectangle. And then the neck is the one that's like, ooh, very loopy. And then the legs, I always draw them last. So it's just easy to draw little stick legs. Um, in real life, giraffe legs are way, way longer in proportion to the body. So that's a good um, observation. But I have to be honest, I didn't look at any pictures of real giraffes when I was designing her or drawing her during the book process. She just kind of came out of my head. So after I figured out what she looked like, it, she doesn't really have anything to do with real giraffes. No, it's like drawing what a giraffe feels like. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the feeling of a giraffe. What's your favorite food? Oh, your favorite food. Oh, that sort of came out of... The good question. Um, spaghetti, probably. I <laughs> love a good... Pla- or um, maybe lasagna. Very into a bunch of noodles situation with cheese. I like spaghetti. Mm, yeah. Our students here would eat, some of our students sitting in front of you would eat pasta every single day. Oh, that is an option so at lunch, and that is something that they have committed to. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes they salad. Ooh. What is Geraldine's favorite food? Oh, hmm. Well, I think it's said in the book. I think. I don't know. I was just curious. She doesn't, I don't think she eats much during the book, like, now that I think about Because I definitely noticed that she doesn't, we don't see her nomming down on a tree right. while hanging out with the children. There, are, there yeah. are certain qualities of her that allow her to acclimate more with, with the human children that she's around. Yeah. Um, that don't distinguish her so much as so completely different, which I know is the goal of the story as well. Right. Um... Well, if you notice during the book, like, she doesn't really pick things up with her hands. Like, I don't think she would really, like, have a whole lot of hand flexibility because she has little hoops. So probably something she could put her head down into to, like, nibble on. So maybe, like... Spaghetti would totally work. Yeah, spaghetti, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Cereal? Cereal would work. Maybe just the marshmallows, Um, though. Pizza? Pizza... That might be a little tough, but I think she could do it. Maybe some, like, soup. Very smooth soup. I like to drink it. Yeah. Some tomato soup, maybe. Yeah. Um, how does his neck get longer? How does her neck get longer oh. and stretchy? And, <laughs> again, from your design. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one thing about her is, like, I never put any limit on how long her neck could be. Um, so, like, it just, I made it as long as it needed to be for the scene or for the task that she had to do at that moment. That's good noticing that so, her neck isn't a consistent yeah, length. Yeah, no, Again, that's, it's, it's like that's so this, smart. Yeah, because, like, just between these two, it's like, 
it's this long and then in the next one it's like all the way across like the front of the school so can you remember first drawing Geraldine yeah if she always had and her other family members always had this loose neck and what allowed you to sort of for I'm not even I'm not trying to make a play on words mm -hmm. but what allowed you to sort of unhinge from the way we normally think of a giraffe with these like very uh, rigid neck and legs and make uh, an animal more fluid and expressive. Wh when did that, did, was that a natural thing for you? Yeah, yeah, like, because um, these were actually some of the first um, drawings I ever did of, of her. Um, this comic panel scene, um, drew it very, very early on. And I think I knew from the beginning that her neck just had to, like, it was more of like a device, like it was more of, something that I wanted to use to tell like an artistic story rather than like a realistic depiction of a giraffe because I really don't think a real giraffe's neck can bend in any of the ways that she does. It seems pretty impossible. So. I love the notion. We just had a student say about, about giraffes driving to, going to school driving cars. I love the holes in the roofs of oh, the cars. Yeah. My favorite illustration, though, is this one, one of my favorite, mm -hmm. um, because of the, the symmetry between uh, a diving board, that long ladder up in a diving board, to the way that Geraldine's body is shaped. Sim they mimic one another. Do you see oh, how the, right. the handlebars, everything, everything mimics land. one another? I love that sort of art, because now I feel like when I see a diving board, I'm going to be thinking of Geraldine. Yeah, yeah. I head. Bounce off of her nose into mm -hmm. the water. It's mm -hmm. sort of fun, right? Yeah, and actually drawing these kinds of comics of what she would be like in real life definitely unlocked her whole, like, how to, to draw her overall because I started, like, looking around to everyday places, like this room. Like, what would she look like if she tried to squeeze into this room right now? Like, she would probably have to scrunch her neck down and she might, like, lay her whole neck along this sofa and turn it around to look at you guys like this. Like, every time I would look at a new environment... I would think, how would she fit in here? What would she do with these, you know, this diving board or, or this car or whatever? So. so we have a character in this story, Cassie, who uh, we meet by Cassie introducing herself. May I read to you from your book? Is that yeah, okay? definitely. Uh, Geraldine asked, who are you, I ask. I bet you've heard of me, she says. And she sounds kind of mad. I'm that girl who wears glasses and likes math and always organizes her food. And I wonder, first I wonder, third graders, if you have ever had someone label you as you are the kid who looks this way or who acts that way, or if you have ever labeled someone else. And I'm not trying to put you in a position to make you uncomfortable to identify. But do you, do you know that experience of labeling people? Yeah, getting a couple nods, right? Sometimes I think we do it out of a way of sort of understanding other people, but sometimes it can be hurtful, right? So I wonder if, um, I wonder if you, uh, Elizabeth, mm -hmm. were labeled. Mm. If you've had that experience, because it struck me when I read this book as really sad that this child... When asked, who are you? Uh, upon first meeting this other individual and first meeting Geraldine, 
She doesn't say, oh, this is my name, I'm Cassie. Um, she's frustrated at what other people have already determined for her. You're this kid. You're the one that does that. Mm -hmm. uh, she's resentful in that way. I wonder if you've had that experience of feeling as if people have labeled you. Yeah, I think I was definitely labeled, um, even within my own family, because I have two, I have three sisters, and we're all pretty different, but my other sisters are more loud and kind of like out there and outgoing, and I was the quiet one. Like at home, I was always the quiet one. The quiet one. Um, similar to Geraldine when she moves. So I felt like whenever I met another person, for example, in school, like I went to a lot of the same schools as my older sister, so the teachers would already know, oh, that's another Lily girl coming in. But I felt like she was like the outgoing one and I was the quiet one. And, you know, among extended family and stuff, I felt like that was how I was labeled and that's kind of how I was. So I had to like, um, I didn't feel that comfortable speaking up because I thought that that was kind of my role. That was who I was. You really internalized it. Yeah. Do you want to share? Please. Okay, so if there's like one state in the whole America would you move to, which would it be? Oh, we are like going for lightning round type questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing about labels and reflecting on that. Mm -hmm. To turn our heels a little bit, if there was one state in our country mm -hmm. that you could go to, mm -hmm. I haven't ever visited or would like to visit, mm -hmm. what do you think? Um, I think I would visit um, New Mexico because um, I've heard it's really beautiful and there are like deserts and cactuses and stuff and that's so different than Maryland that I would want to see that in person. Beautiful. Yeah? Do you like it? Mm -hmm. The thing I know about New Mexico is hot air balloons. Oh, yeah. In Albuquerque. Yeah. Oh, cool. Interesting, right? Yeah. I, um, I can see and feel that your brains are buzzing in different directions. So I wonder if we could turn to more quick lightning round type questions. Yeah, sure. Ask me anything type questions. Absolutely. You got any more ask me anything? We've heard about favorite state. We've heard, I know you're ready. I love it. I've mm -hmm. heard favorite state. I've heard favorite... Food? Yeah. We can go back to the book, but what else are you, what else is on your brain? What's your favorite sport? My favorite sport? Um, I don't play any sports, but I do like to watch them sometimes. I love um, gymnastics. Oh, I do also love ice skating. Ice skating is probably my favorite sport. Cool. Competitive yeah. doodling. Yeah. Mm. That thing? That'd be awesome. It made you yeah. smile. I like that. <laughs> you, you would do that too? Yeah, you would. I know I got some doodlers in here. They're not voicing it, but I totally have some doodlers. Great. Lean in, ask that question. World. Where do you want to go? Anywhere in the world. Oh, He's going to um, fund your trip. Where do you want to go? Thank you. Wow. Just, <laughs> Very generous donor. Yeah. Send me on a trip. <laughs> thank you. Um, I would love to go to um, Colombia because that's where my extended family lives and I've never been there. Do you know where Colombia is? I think what's South America. Yeah. South America. Totally. Mm -hmm. It'd be warmer. Yeah. I yeah. think it would be. I think it would be? Yeah. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to ask Alexa what it's like in Colombia right now. Yeah, yeah. I need to ask this. Are there lightning round questions? What's your favorite color? Um, yellow. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. What do you like drawing more, people or animals? Um, animals. I love drawing animals. Yeah. Favorite animal? Mm. <coughs> Hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so really cute. Lightning round. Yeah, it's your favorite book. 
Oh, my favorite nice. book. Oh, that's a great question. There's this one book, um, Ella Enchanted, that I used to read when I was in third grade all the time, and that's a classic. I love it. Yeah. And Made into a movie as well, Ella Enchanted. Yeah, there was a movie. It wasn't my favorite movie, but I also, <laughs> I also love this I one. like the book better. <laughs> mm, the book was better, but more, a lot of books are better than the movies that they make out of them. Um, there's another book called Esperanza Rising. <gasps> By Pam, Pam Munoz Ryan. Ryan. That Love so that book. Good. Oh, that's so, so have you, good. Have any of you read that? This is a great book for third grade. Yeah, I read it in third grade. I have no idea what that is. Oh, we'll get it from our library. We have it. <coughs> what about Harry Potter? Oh, <laughs> I love Harry Potter. And, um, Favorite was, book? Uh, oh, um, book two, actually. I think book two is one of the best. It's like a great book mystery. Book two of Harry Potter. All right, yeah. good. That's a, the thing Chamber that's a of Secrets. Yeah, Chamber of Secrets. That was a great mystery. It was like it's a big twist. So, do you have uh, a favorite or a couple favorite children's book artists, illustrators? Oh my god! Folks that when you were at art school, you really connected with the way they made art. I know there's one that we that you and I talked about personally, mm-hmm. but I wonder who who you might uh, think of. Um, there's a, one artist named Chin Lang that um, she's a Canadian, a French Canadian um, artist and her work is so beautiful. It's like um, drawn with ink, kind of similar to mine. Another one is um, the Madeline illustrator, Ludwig van Bemelmans. Um, I love Madeline and I think it's so simple and it's so genius. And also um, Spot, like the dog Spot, I forget, yeah. Eric Hill. Like Tad, not Tad Hill. No. Um, Eric Hill. Yeah, great author, illustrator. I think I have too many names swirling in my brain. So, you must have all so of the many names. authors and illustrators in your <laughs> brain all the time. Um, I I likened your pen work. I don't know if you know this person by name. Mm-hmm. I could show you other books upstairs that that look like this. But I liken your pen work to uh, Matt Cordell or to Jules mm-hmm. Pfeiffer, just a very yeah. loose pen. Yeah, and Quentin Blake, Quentin too. Blake, yeah. Um, the guy that does Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and all the Roald Dahl books. I feel like when I draw, I'm really, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you are not this way or maybe you are. I'm very rigid when I draw. I want to get my shapes right. I want to just be thoughtful when I draw. Mm-hmm. To be able to be loose and to let uh, your pencil move around the page, I think, is, is a, a certain amount of freedom and trust that you have to have in yourself. Yeah. You do well with that. Yeah, I try to draw quickly. Like, I try to make every drawing look like it's the first time I've ever drawn it. Like, it just happened to, you know, spill out on the page. Nice. Yeah. All right, Mm -hmm. final chance for questions before I wrap up. So if you've been, like, different states, like, where is your favorite? Have you had a chance to travel before? Do you have a favorite location? I've been to many states. And um, I think I love West Virginia. That's the state that my dad grew up in, and it has all these mountains. Yeah. There's just mountains everywhere. And the I Blue think Ridge Mountains. Yeah, they're beautiful. yeah, yeah. They're very, very beautiful. So that's what I love up there. Camp a lot in West Virginia. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. We're very near there. Very nice for camping. So, um, what's your favorite part in Chamber of Secrets? Oh no. <laughs> This podcast has been very loose today. Yeah, it's been very wide-ranging. I love this. Um, probably um, the part when Hermione figures out like the key to what's been happening in the castle. I won't give it away in case anyone's going to read You're it later. You're so good but... about spoilers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
real friend of libraries here. I like <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth Lilly, it's been great having you. Can you all say thanks? Thank we, you. We have loved your book, and we, we love that it's being read by so many children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you may have more questions, but I'm glad, Elizabeth, that you live so close that we can ask those. So I will just leave this one last question for you, which is mm-hmm. that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Oh, about anything? or Anything at all. For those kids you haven't had a chance to meet yet, mm-hmm. what message can we listeners, we librarians and teachers and readers bring to those children? Mm, I'll say um, don't give up on something just because you think you might not be good at it. Um, when I was young, I think... I was afraid to draw for a long time because I thought I wasn't one of the best kids at drawing. But if you love something, even if you're not going to be the best at it, um, you just keep going. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 550 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.